0: morning church thank you worship team for leading us this morning good to see you good to see you we just sang that phrase come thou fount of every blessing fount is not a word that we use often in our generation in our day Uh, but what is a fount anyway fount simply means the source or supply and here to rise church we know the source and the supply what is his name that is correct very good very good come thou fount of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy praise prone to wander lord i feel it prone to leave the god i love you know that feeling yeah here's my heart oh take and seal it seal it for thy courts above found the source or supply do you believe that god is the supplier of every good and perfect gift have you found that to be true in your life yes i agree how many of you would love to have a little bit more time for yourself to do the things that you truly enjoy you just raise your hand a little more time to do the yes yeah okay all right yep how many would you of you would agree with this i'd love to have a little more time to spend with the people i love yeah, that's good. that's good. If you're sitting by someone you love, you better be raising your hand or you may be walking home. So I suggest uh, you do that. Uh, how many of us, how many of us would like to spend more time with God? Good. If you didn't raise your hand, you may become a little grease spot on your padded little chair there. So yeah. Uh, be cautious of uh, being cautious right most of us long to have more time to invest in the things that really matter we do i believe in our hearts we do but i wonder if we did have more time would we actually follow through on using it to invest into those things that are truly important and so that's the challenge of the series we're in pump the brakes last week I made this statement, most of us in this room are living at an unbiblical and unsustainable pace. Most of us in this room are living in an unbiblical and an unsustainable pace. Now, if you'd like to follow along and you need sermon notes, just slip up your hand and uh, we'll get you some. Uh, That's one of the things we do in this particular church. We like to kind of stay in tune. Uh, So you'll have that opportunity. Most of us in this room are living with an unbiblical and at an unsustainable pace. That's what we've been wrestling with. And what's weird about it is we call it normal. We now call this normal, the way that we are living our lives. But I'm here to tell you, I believe it's unhealthy. I believe it's unacceptable when we line it up against the word of God. So the question is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? My heart is heavy this morning, as I shared with you last week. I've been around long enough to know that although at this moment you are listening to this message, very few people in this room will do anything about it. And I'm torn between anger and frustration and a deep, overwhelming sadness. Sadness. Because we can hear the word of God and do nothing about it. And that is worse than not hearing it at all. And I remind us of the words of the master. If this is normal, living at this pace. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road. And only a few find it. So I'm opening with a really strong challenge this morning, right off the bat. Will be we here be one of the few? Will our church collectively be one of the few that recognizes the context in which we're living our lives and the pace at which we're living? I see it like the treatment I had this way this week if you see my face it's red why is it red actinic keratosis is the name of the treatment they put this chemical on my face then they put me under this special blue light and fry my face off to get precancerous cells out of my body right where did those precancerous cells come from well I am fair-haired coming from northern Wisconsin and in my day Sunscreen was not even invented so I have burned my skin repeatedly now I am bearing the fruit because I'm the kind of guy that just soon be outside in this room there are people that like to be outside there's people that like to be inside I would just soon be inside I've lived most of my life outside both as a kid and as an adult biking running doing all those things that I continue to do because I love it outside but what is that doing to my skin right In all those years of being unprotected. If I would have known then what I know now, I would have done something differently. And I'm telling you as I come to the end of my ministry years, what I know now, I wish and I hope and I pray that you will consider doing now rather than later. And I'm pumping the brakes with you. And I'm sharing with you from my heart, from my own experiences, from my own failures. So that maybe maybe someone will get it and pump the brakes too. And I hope you might be one of them. I hope you might be one of them. Friends, we're way off course. In order to get back on track, we're going to have to pump the brakes. Why? By nature, we are called sinners in Scripture. We are separated from God. We're separated from God. And so because we are separated from God, our pull is always away from God That's the pull because we're sinners by very nature and we're pulled toward conformity to the culture around us. So if we're just sitting here in neutral, right, the natural pull will be away from God and toward the culture which is screaming into our ears. Right. Nothing new. Paul wrote about it. He knew that culture is always going to pull us into a ditch of frantic craziness and away from God. So he would write this in Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Uh, You've heard this before here. This is kind of my heartbeat. This is a command not to put on a mask or an act. That's something that we find unacceptable here at Arise. We don't like masks. We like to be authentic and genuine we don't like to put on eggs. But this is a command not to do that in order to be molded into the prevailing norms, the standards, or the customs of the culture and the world around us. So whenever the world or society or culture, we're using that synonymously this morning, wants to initiate change, either social, uh, political, any kind of change, And my mom, who's 90, said, you know, John, if your grandpa were alive today, he would not recognize this country. That's okay. Change is coming. Change always will come. I I, I get that fully. But, But she's focusing on the fact that we have drifted away from God. And we're being conformed, squeezed into the image. So if, if our culture, if our society wants to institute change throughout history, here's the way it's done. The first one, we'll just follow this trail quickly. Uh, first of all is to minimize it. We're going to take that thought or that behavior and then minimize it. Minimize it, right? We're going to minimize it. It's not so bad right we're going to say it's really not so bad that's where the progression begins we begin dripping it in it, it's not so bad you hear it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and now because of the internet and the social media it, it just goes very very quickly we minimize it, it, it we're just kind of dripping it in then we normalize it then we normalize it okay it's been dripped in the thought is hit our first response is what and what we're seeing in, in, in the media today, if it were 30 years ago, it would have freaked us right out, right? The language is in, Everything would have gone, what in the world is happening here? But it's been dripped into the point where we say, ah, we've normalized. It's not so bad. It's not so bad, right? You can pick and choose. You don't have to look at it. You can do this or whatever. Then we standardize it. So once we standardize because it's normalized, then it's acceptable to everybody, right? We just kind of all agree it's not so bad. Let's accept it. It's fair to all. And then it's taught to all once it's standardized. Then it's begin, beginning to come through the classrooms, whether it's at the elementary level or the postgraduate level. It's taught in the classrooms, right? It's taught to everyone. And then the last point is we're going to villainize. If you are opposed to what has been standardized because it's been normalized, you will be villainized and we're gonna cancel you. We're gonna cancel you, right? And this is the way the cycle goes. Everybody understands? Any questions about that? Y'all get this, right? Makes sense to you? And we can see time and time, whether it's a social or political issue, this is the pattern that is always, always gonna take place. Now, I will not surrender to culture. And I'm fighting with everything I have in this point in my life to be different, to be weird, because normal doesn't work. Normal is not working. I'm also fully aware that I may get villainized over to some of the things that I will say because it is directly opposed to culture and society. And you know what? I don't give a rip. <laughs> Amen. Me either. If I'm villainized, I look to the one who went to the cross for me who was villainized because he made a stand against that which is ungodly to point us back home to our heavenly Father. And he went to the cross to do that, and they villainized him. And you know what? Beyond that, that one who was villainized said, if you're going to follow me and follow me fully, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you just like they hated me. So I said, okay, I've got to count that cost. That's normal. Being villainized is normal. And not because we're weird and I get tired of Christians all standing up for what we don't believe in. Why don't we talk about the one who we do believe in and how marvelous he is? He said, all the things we don't believe in. It's time to push back. We have choices. We will choose to conform. We will choose to transform. That's a decision that each of us have to make. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you you may prove what the will of God is that was good and acceptable and perfect, right? So do not be conformed, Squeezed in, like we just talked about, but be transformed. Now, here's the deal. We think that we just don't have time for important things because the reality is we've got lots of time for unimportant things because we are out of alignment with God. Okay? Think about that for a moment. Time to pump the brakes, time to regain control. We've been talking about pumping those brakes, pumping the brakes. If we choose not to pump the brakes, we'll miss out on so many Kairos, God moments that are happening all around us. And just be normal, missing God's best in all the busyness. Because God is at work all around us continually. But we're so busy. Now, pumping the brakes could mean having extra time or money to help someone in need without thinking in the back of our minds when we're considering this person or this need, I really don't have time for this. I really don't have anything extra to give for this. There are so many other things I need to do, I need to buy, I need to have that I'm missing the opportunity. And I want to just say a thank you for the to those of you who have, have contributed to help for the homeless, the Love Ink thing out there, right? collecting those hygiene items for the homeless uh, because you've taken that thought, you've left here and you've remembered that and, and you're helping them. No, everyone here is, helping. This is a church with a great heart. Don't misunderstand me. In fact, uh, this Tuesday, all the pastors of uh, Sheboygan County will be gathering here uh, for a loving pastor's meeting. That's the beauty of this facility. We're using for our community, Right, right? It could mean having time to listen to our children and not still being at work in our minds. It could mean being interrupted and still really be glad about it and truly mean it when we say, I'm glad I could be here for you. I'm glad I took the time just to listen. It would be having time to rest, relax, reflect. You say, what is that? We'll talk about that in a moment. It could be having unrushed time with the people we love and not always being so frustrated because we just don't seem to connect at a deeper level. It's all so superficial. And time is passing so quickly. And best of all, it could be me having plenty of time. Plenty of time with the creator and sustainer of the universe. Time with God. Time for God. For many of us, time is the very thing we do not have. So we're going to make this really practical, right? Really practical. What can we do? Paul wrote, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. From one of the prison epistles, Ephesians chapter 5. All right. Uh, Can we roll that back, Aaron? And uh, let's read this together. Okay. So let's read it together. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in the easy of evil. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, if we break this down, be careful. That word is acrobose in the original language. It means to examine with great care, to examine with great care. Pay attention. Look at the detail. Examine with great care, because if we're not very careful, there is a pull away from the most important things in life. And a focus on stuff that isn't going to matter a thousand years from now. And what is happening in your life and mine that's going to matter a thousand years from now? And how much of our thinking and our energy is consumed by that which won't give a rip a thousand years from now? Not even a blip on the radar and yet we're consumed with this. What are we doing here? The verse goes on to say, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. How many you believe these are evil days? Yeah, I would think we'd all agree there. Uh, It seems to be getting darker out there, and that's very exciting to me. Yeah, that's very exciting to me. Make the most of every opportunity. Literally seize, seize it, grab it, take it. As Jesus followers, it's foolish. It is foolish to waste our time living our lives in trivial pursuit and half-hearted following. He doesn't like that. He says, if you're lukewarm, nah, he doesn't like that at all. Then he goes on to say, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand. Sunni, Amy, it's a present active imperative. It's a command in the original language. It means to see how the pieces fit together in the whole. If you're making a puzzle, right, you got this piece. He's saying, look. Look at what's happening in these days. See how it fits into the whole. Don't get caught up in that one little piece and making sure it fits in right. Take a look at the big picture of what's happening out there. That's what he's saying by this. See how the pieces fit together, form the whole. Then you'll know what the Lord wants you to do. Let me ask you this. What, is, what does God want you to do right now? What does the Lord want every Jesus follower to do right now? Two things, not so hard. What's the first one? Love the Lord your God. Okay, and the second is kind of like the first. How complicated is this? Love God, love others, right? We have to understand what the Lord wants us to do, but what does that look like? That's a whole different kind of question. It really is. If we're not careful and intentional, culture will drag us away from that which matters most into this breakless and breakneck lifestyle. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Live like those who are wise. Now, let me talk about this just for a minute. Andy Stanley, pastor, wrote a book called The Best Question Ever. The best question ever let me summarize the book for you what do you think is the best question ever is it wise is it wise that's the whole premise of the book pretty simple uh, but think about this for example if I ask you hey can we get together next Saturday most of us are gonna check our calendars get our phones out am I free am I free if so okay yeah we can get together next Saturday Am I free? It's not a bad question, but it's not the best question. Stay with me here. Or we might think, hmm, should I get together next Saturday? Is it right or is it wrong? Since it's not right or wrong, I'll do it. Exactly right. There's a better question he asks beyond is it right or am I free? Is it wise? Is it wise? Paul says, live like wise folk, not fools. What does that mean exactly? Huh. Is it wise? When you look at your life and its many pieces as we just talked about, you may want to ask, in light of our current family situation or in light of the fact that our marriage is not where we really want it to be or where God wants it to be, is it wise to take on something else? is it wise or in light of the fact that we have two children in diapers or in light of the fact I've got two parents in diapers either end of the spectrum right the question remains the same is it wise to do you fill in the blank is it wise is it wise or for others, it might be in the fact that we have a 17-year-old who has only one year left under our roof. Is this wise at this time? Is it wise? Is it wise? In light of the fact that life is precious, life is short, we're getting older, that every day is a gift from God, and eternity is just a breath away for every one of us, and I will give an account for my life when I stand before the Lord, is it wise not is it right or is it wrong or am i free or can i make it happen the question is is it wise paul says live like wise people and i'm wondering are we living like wise folk are we doing that am i doing that don't live like fools but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity how do we do that well we must have the courage and the faith to say no to many good things so that we can say yes to the best thing you've heard this before so let me just reiterate just because we can do something does not mean we should do something right just because we can do it doesn't mean we should be doing it. is it wise please allow me to rabbit trail. can I rabbit trail just for a moment because this, this, this thought just uh, popped in after this message was prepared. According to Forward Health, now let me say this about that. I'm not giving anyone in this room an excuse to say no and do nothing but sit on your rear end on your couch doing nothing. According to Forward Health, January 2022, that's last month, There are over 265,000 childless, able-bodied adults in the state of Wisconsin on government benefits. A 65% increase since COVID started. Some need help. And don't push back on that because I'll get in your face because my son is one of those who is mentally ill and bipolar, doing the best he can, jumping from job to job. So don't throw the baby out with a bath, right? I don't like that kind of thing. I'm just making a point here. But there are over 265,000 childless, able-bodied adults in Wisconsin receiving government benefits. Meanwhile, there are 136,864 job openings in the state right now that we can't possibly fill. What is wrong with this picture? Do you think, dogs, oh, this is a spiritual battle. Do you understand? Don't say necessarily it's the government. That, that is just the player on the field, right? This is a spiritual battle for conformity to the world to pull us away from God. You see, we're always looking at that. We're always looking at a big bad government. We're always looking at that. This is a spiritual battle we're in. Will we be wise? Will we be wise becomes the issue. I'm concerned some of this mindset is creeping into the church as well. It's all about my needs. It's all about me. And I just want to say this as honestly as I can from the depth of my heart. And we're seeing visitors every week now. If you're coming only to consume, this isn't the church for you. There are wonderful churches in our community in which you can go and consume, right? Slip in, slip out, do those kinds. They're fantastic. The gospel's being preached. I'm not saying anything about that. If you're only coming to consume to consume right because we see the body of Christ as alive and we are here to serve we are here to serve right not consume now there's a time when we need to sit on the sidelines and just sit back and be fed and be healed and be restored I understand that completely we all have those times in our lives But I'm talking about this subtle cultural mindset that is suddenly, uh, not suddenly, (laughs) but subtly focused on me, right? And my needs, and my wants. Careful, careful. Here to rise, as with any church, there's a a few people doing a whole lot. And I want to make sure that we're all living wisely. Now, help me out. What are things that we need to say no to. If we're going to follow Jesus and live our lives wisely, there are many good things we're going to have to say no to. Are you aware of that? We have to say no to that so we can say yes to that which God wants us to do. Understand what the Lord wants us to do. Many good things can quickly become the enemy of the best things and every one of us has this tension inside us we all know wow here's some things that are really priority in my life and i can never get to them because all this stuff is happening in my life let me say it another way every yes we say to the other things will probably be a big no to the most important things so every time we're saying yes out here it's a no there And believe me, in my years of ministry, there have been too many times I have said yes to that and no to something under my own roof. And I'm here to tell you, live wisely. Is it wise? Is it wise? Paul reminds us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. And this is how I came to decision that my time in ministry is done. It is done. No, I'm not resigning today. Oh, I thought there might be a... Okay, good. <laughs> But that day is coming, and you know that. We've been talking about this for a long, long time, haven't we? But I went through this process in my own heart. Is it wise where I am in my life? And I look at context of my family and the time that I have left on this earth, and I have to say, is it wise, John? And I listen to Jesus. I don't want to leave ministry. That's what my heart is. John, is it wise? Is it wise? He said, yeah. It's time. It's time. And I love it when people tell me, John, you and your family are so weird. I just love that. Because if I'm normal, it means I'm being pulled toward the culture of this world. But the closer I get to God, the closer I get to God, the more different I am than the culture around me. I want to be in the world but not of the world and I want to walk that line wisely wisely how do we do that in case you haven't noticed normal isn't working what is normal today what is normal with marriage divorce distance loneliness emptiness those I'm talking about marriages within the church what is normal with kids today rebellion what is normal relationally Emptiness, more emptiness, isolation, division. When it comes to scheduling, what is normal? What is normal today? Being overwhelmed, yeah. Frenzy, stress, miserable, just tired all the time. That's normal. You know what the usual answer to the question is when you ask somebody how it's going? Oh, man, I'm busy. (laughs) I'm really busy, 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 busy. I'm really, really busy, busy, busy. Is this, that's some kind of good thing? When's the last time you asked somebody, hey, how's it going? They said, "Uh, really good. You know, I'm kind of bored. I just have all kinds of free time and and just nothing to do. I'm just kind of hanging out. And we think, you loser. You're a loser. You don't get it. You're supposed to be busy because that's (laughs) normal. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? I'm busy, busy. We have to understand that busyness is not productivity in God's sight. Busyness is not worth in God's sight. Busyness is not meaning in God's sight. What is? In fact, I would argue that many people are being robbed of meaning in life not because they are uncommitted, but that they are overly committed to the wrong things. Huh? That's why I want to challenge some of you. Dare you, beg you, plead with you with you to have the courage to say no to what many others in our culture are saying yes to so that you can say yes to God and the things that are truly important is this making any sense okay okay if we are seeking to be careful how we live before God when someone or anyone asks us to do something that is not going to be the best and wisest use of our time And I'm not talking about serving in the church. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm just saying in life in general, when someone asks us for something that does not fit, and we can answer that question, is this wise? We have to say no. You may wonder, don't I have to give a reason for saying no? No, you don't. You don't want to know why? Because no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence, right? No. I don't give a reason I have to justify it for you over cheesing compulsive perfectionist workaholics out there You you're already burning me to stake. I can feel it up here. This is gut-wrenching But friends, we got to do this right. We got to do this right We only got one chance at this right we only got one chance at this Here's a simple example growing up. We had good amounts of family time with our five kids Meals, events, sports, et cetera. But Cindy and I sensed we needed more. So in our home, we had a common distraction that we found consuming way too much time. That was called television. This was way before computers and all the other stuff, right? Many families today are distracted by the isolating technology, right? Everybody's on their own device, doing their own thing. Someone's addicted to social media. Someone's playing Madden. uh, They're on their Switch to listen to music. Everything's plugged in, going, right? But back in the day, we had had to make a decision. We made a controversial decision to limit the use of TV and technology. So for several years, uh, we disconnected our TV for up to six months. Now, we had five kids. Now, my grandkids, kids aren't, Raised that way. At 18 months, man, they navigate an iPad like it is, just like, I know what's going on in the world, Grandpa. Okay, that's good. You're 18 months old. You can't even talk. Oh, wow. It's just a different day. It's just a different day. I admit this wasn't easy for me or for the kids. You know what? I actually started football season with the television off. Oh, what? But as we started detox from our drug of choice as a family, we discovered how to play, how to tell stories, how to read books, how to have wrestling matches and family boxing matches. Those were always quite interesting. Uh, but it happened when we were willing to say no to what everyone else was saying yes to too much of the time. And so Nielsen ratings report in USA Today, the average American spends 28 hours a week watching television. That's not other media. That's just this. 20, so three full days a week watching tv okay that's just what they're reporting is that wise normal says yes sure i eat in front of the tv i do everything in front of the tv everything's the tv's always on be very careful how you live paul said we'll be pulled into lesser important things unless we are wise and don't you dare don't you dare say to me i wish i had more time for what's important to me don't you say that to me You and I have a choice to make for what we choose to have time for. We have a choice, do we not? We always have a choice. We make the choice. Don't let someone else talk you out of what's most important. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Choose, Paul says, but choose wisely. Choose wisely. So what do we do here? For those who are Jesus' followers, there are two things that are incredibly important. We'll get to the end of this. I know this is a little longer, but man, this stuff is just burning inside of me. Two things that are incredibly important to our walk with God, but as soon as we decide to be conformed to the culture, we don't pump the brakes. These are the first things to go. It's amazing to me the two most important things that should never go are the first two things that do go. What are those two things? The first thing is consistent time with God. We lose our alignment with God, and then the conformity of the world just presses in, right? And again, I'm not shaming. I'm not guilting anyone in this room because I want more time with God, and I know you do as well. So what, what are we talking about here? Because by nature, our hearts are out of alignment with God. We've already said that. By our own sin nature, our hearts are out of alignment with God. Regular realigning is required. Now, if I pop out the owner's manual of my car, uh, it says it uh, should be aligned every 30,000 miles or annually or at least every two to three years. But we need daily realignment of our hearts with God, daily realignment of our hearts with God because culture is squeezing us into its mold. We need to know his truth. We need to know his plan. We need to hear his voice. Some may think that's good for you, preacher guy. We know you work Sunday, so the rest of the week, what do you do? You just hang out with God? Just hang out with God? We live in the real world. I don't have time for God. I got work. I got to get up early. I got to do this. I got to... You don't know the demands of my schedule. I so yeah, really, really, really. And you know what? I know a whole bunch of pastors whose consistent time with God is spent in their sermon and teaching preparation. And they consider that their time with God. That saddens me. It saddens me. We're all so busy. All of us are busy. It's like the tithe. When we put the the first and the first fruits aside, he blesses the rest. If we seek him first, the rest of our day is going to be aligned with him far more closely. How many of you have experienced that? When you (laughs) have this time with God, everything else just simply seems to align better. Secondly, when most of us get busy and don't pump the brakes, we feel like we can't afford to rest. We feel like we can't afford to rest. Now, God works six days... What did he do on the seventh day? Rest. rest, rest. Did God need rest? Was he tired? No, he's all powerful. He wasn't tired, right? He didn't need to rest. Fourth of the Ten Commandments say, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. You say, oh, man, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do we do with the Ten Commandments? Do you, do you throw out then the don't murder, don't lie, don't commit adultery? Don't worship other gods, you throw those out too? Or or just this one? Just this particular one, because it doesn't, doesn't really fit with a culture. It says, I gotta go seven days a week, 24-7, to keep things going. Right? Right? I gotta make money, I gotta get stuff done. God says, you don't get it. Work seven, trust me in the seventh. Work six, trust me on the seventh. And you produce more in the sixth than you would in seven if you just trust me. You see, I believe it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of faith. Are we willing to believe God? Here's the deal. Culture has conformed us into thinking that we are too busy to truly take a day of rest. The world would end if I rested. If I didn't do it, nobody's going to get it done. It won't get done. What are we saying? We're saying God's principles are not true. They are not true. That's what we're saying. We don't truly believe that the rest will make us more productive and more spiritually healthy. We don't really believe that. So we work and we work and we work. It's a faith issue. Our culture is like, yeah, man, I, I've gone a year. I've heard guys say, I've gone two years, three years without a vacation. And I'm glad my grandkids aren't here because they you idiot. They say, "Grandpa, you can't say that. I said, you idiot. Who do you think you are? You're that important to the world that you can't take time to rest. And there have been years i've had to look myself in the mirror and say you idiot because it's all of us unless we're living as wise and that's kind of a clergy badge of honor oh i didn't take a vacation last year Whew, just really busy really busy yeah really busy yeah Okay, okay right real smart let me ask you This, those of you that are Jesus followers here this morning, do you think it's wise to neglect time with God every day? Do you think that's wise? No. Do you think it's wise not to honor God with one of his top 10 commandments to rest? Careful, then why do we do it? Now, I'm not talking about don't mow your lawn on Sunday. I'm not legalistic and weird like that, right? But I am talking about is the way we're living wise? (laughs) Where is God in all this how many of us are so busy and overwhelmed that we find it difficult to rest and then we feel guilty when we do rest and our minds are just right it's so difficult to rest Lord help us without consistent time with God and regular rest these two things were candidates for a breakless and meaningless frantic stressed out life and this is what I'm seeing be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If we're going to do that, we've got to pump the brakes. We've got to pump the brakes. I remind us that it's not good intentions or desire that changes our destiny, but a decision. Not good intentions, not our desires, but a decision to determine our destiny right we have a choice to make in all of this let's listen to Jesus for a moment hey Nate do me a favor can you bring that chair up here please for me? it's nice getting older then I don't have to do that myself <laughs> let's hear it for Nate should we right there so that's good all right, we're going to finish with this, All right, I want you to join me. We're all going for a drive. So you, you're driving in your car, right? Which car? Oh, it's always one of those in every crowd. <laughs> okay, pick your car right now. It's probably not the one you drove in here with. <laughs> all right. Okay, we're driving our car. Here we go. We're going to drive our car. What's under your right foot? It's an accelerator, right? Now, we're not saying, Jesus, take the wheel. We're not going to do that. That's a really dumb theology anyway. Uh, But the point being, um, uh, we're accelerating. Now, where's the brake pedal? Just over to the left a little bit, right? This is the drive of your life, Right? Um, uh, use your directional thank you officer Fickett anything to add <laughs> alright don't interrupt my illustrations <laughs> alright yeah, yeah. okay so we're driving our life this is our life right we're driving down a highway life and I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit just for a moment If I've got to take my foot off the accelerator and I've got to pump the brakes a little bit, what do I have to say no to in order to stay in alignment with the path that you have for me, Jesus? And we're going to take a moment just to listen. Because I believe he's putting his finger right on something in your heart right now, just as he's doing mine. This is right here. This isn't wise for you to be doing right now. This isn't wise in the context of all the pieces of your life are fitting together in your desire to follow God with your whole heart. This just isn't wise. Let's take a moment and let him speak to our hearts. Individually, as a family, and as a church body. Jesus, what you saying to us. Would you close your eyes or bow your head or you can keep moving, I don't really care, but the point, would you just spend a moment with Jesus right where you are? Let's listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking truth. if the Holy Spirit is speaking something, would you ask him for the courage not to leave this decision here, but to carry it out tomorrow in the next day, and the next day, so that we might live wisely? Oh, help us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Empower us. We need you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking to us. Help us, Jesus, to live the abundant life you promised us as we follow you fully. Thank you for my dear friends here this morning. We're in this together. Help me to pump the brakes in my own life. Show us what it is you want us to do so they might seize the opportunity.